welcome to the Back on Track Fitness Podcast, where we answer the tough questions on running, weightlifting, and general fitness. Hosted by Dr. Cameron Dennis and Dr. Eric May, physical therapists. Be sure to check us out at backontracktherapy.com for training programs and other resources. Now, let's get to the show. So we're going to talk a little bit about warming up. Uh, what's the point of warming up? So nobody warms up, just nobody likes warming up, honestly. Or at least I haven't really met anybody that likes warming up. So warming up is not meant to just say, hey, I'm doing a warm up. The purpose of warming up is to prepare you for whatever event, task, lift, run, event, anything that you're going to be doing. Um, one, it's meant to help you feel better doing said event and or whatever activity. And two, it's meant to help improve your function and your performance of that task, whatever it is. So we're just going to talk quick about when doing a warm-up, what are some things that you should look for? So I'm not going to go over specifics because I'm, uh, there aren't necessarily like, hey, these are the five things that you need to do, the five specific movements that you need to do whenever warming up. It's more so just, just giving you the general concept, and then you can search out, hopefully, um, more specifically for your individual situation, you can figure out what it is that would fit your needs best. So when warming up, um, you often find there, there are two types of people. There are some in the middle. I would say uh, 40% are the ones that say, I don't warm up at all. I don't need to warm up. It doesn't help me. I don't do anything. Another 40% spend 30 minutes, 45 minutes warming up. They go through every stretch imaginable, everything um, it's insane. Their warm up is, is half of their workout. And they probably have a cool down that's equivalent to that. And then 20% seem to hit that sweet spot, which is what we're going to talk about. I have been on all three of those percentages. I've gone from not working or not warming up at all to doing excessive amounts of warm up to then trying to find what a nice balance between those two is. So, again, the goal is just for a warm up to help you get ready for whatever task or event or anything that you're going to do. So it only needs to be as long as it takes to prepare you effectively and efficiently for the, the following event. So let's start out with talking about a warm-up. One of the biggest things is um, that you need to first just raise your core body temperature is important. So doing something like, for example, for me, if I'm going to be um, lifting or even for somebody if they're going to be running, if I'm going to be lifting, I may hop on the bike for three, four minutes, something like that, just to get a nice little pace in. Nothing hard, nothing that's going to fatigue myself or wear myself out for the lifting that I'm going to do. Just like if you were going to run, you may do um, a light jog in place or a dynamic warm-up. Just something, the goal is to increase your overall body temperature. This increases your VO2 uptake. Um, it increases systemic blood flow to everywhere in your body. Increases um, just, yeah, everything. Um the fluidity of the muscles, um, synovial fluid movement in the joints to get the joints feeling like they're less cranky and like they're less kind of like rusty hinges. So it just has a lot of good properties. So ideally, you would like some sort of uh, activity that's going to increase your overall just body temperature, I guess you would say, whatever whatever that is. And just making sure that it's not so much that's going to take away and cause some increase in fatigue that is going to then limit what event you're about to do or run or lift or whatever it is. So I'll, I'll typically start out with some sort of low steady state cardio, I guess, if you will, and then transition from there into, I oftentimes will do some banded joint mobilizations. Now this is, is basically just saying I'm working on some specific range of motion or mobility 
requirements that I'm going to need for, for that particular lift that I'm going to do. So I may do some specific mobility work or foam rolling even for my legs if I'm going to do squatting. Or if you're going to go on a run, you may do some mobility work for your legs. Um, calves, doing foam rolling is, is good. I would not spend 30 minutes foam rolling. So foam rolling has a certain uh, kind of efficacy, length of effectiveness. I would say typically anywhere from 30 seconds to a minute to even two minutes on an area is really what you're looking for. Beyond that is, I guess you could say, a uh, rate of diminishing returns. So I don't know as if you'll get, and research would also say, that uh, you will likely not get any more benefit from rolling for 20 minutes than you would from rolling for a minute and a half. So again, the goal is what can be most effective that isn't just using up extra time just for the sake of using up extra time. So spending a little bit of time doing some foam rolling if you like that or doing some sort of banded joint mobilization or general range of motion, even things like um, arm circles, something like that, just to start to take the joints through a range of motion that they'll be required to do whenever you're doing whatever it is that you're doing next for your actual workout. Um, and from there, really, what you're looking for is um, you need to go into somewhat of a dynamic warm-up. So if I'm going to be doing, let's say, squatting, I'll get into some lunges, some side lunges, um, lunges with rotation or reaches. I may do some inchworms, um, some sort of active groin stretch, um, some thoracic movements, rotation, some thoracic active extension. Basically, just things that are active that require the muscles to start engaging and going through ranges of motion that will then be required for whatever it is that you're going to go through um, during your workout. And the the last portion, typically, of a warm-up should be very specific. So if you're preparing yourself with your warm-up for whatever you're about to do, for example, with me for squatting, let's say, I'm, going, I'm just I'm using that example a lot, um, I need to do things that will very closely replicate a squat. And this may even, a warm-up technically consists also of doing things like actual squatting, so doing the activity that you're about to do whenever uh, whenever you're, so for example, let's say squatting. Um, I need to squat with the bar, and then I need to squat with 135, and then I need to squat with 225, and I'm just kind of building up. So after I do other types of warm-up, whether it's rolling, or um, a little bit of biking, or dynamic stretching, I need to go into something then that is the activity that I'm gonna be doing at a lower level. So you would never really see, at least you probably wouldn't, a sprinter go out and go from a um, uh, some stretching to then just doing sprinting. They would do lower level jogging and kind of building up first, increasing the intensity slowly until they're then ready and their body is prepared to to start sprinting. So that is the, the really the biggest thing is as you go from the start of your work or your warm-up to the end of your warm-up, it needs to get more specific to the task at hand. And really, the more that you start to streamline your warm-up, you may be able to throw out things that you find are, and if you actually look at your warm-up and kind of take an objective stance on it and see, okay, what things am I doing, but they really don't seem to have quite the carryover towards the end goal, which is building up to the specific task that I'm looking to perform. Um, so for example, um, I would say I'm going to go off a little tangent here on static stretching. Um, static stretching has been shown to reduce force output and velocity. So I can best relate that to a real world example. Um, sprinters, and they've done this with several 
several research studies, quite a few actually, it's pretty conclusively shown that if you do static stretching and then you try to do something like a sprint or a vertical jump, you will have reduced sprinting speed and a reduced vertical jump. Um, you're basically having the muscle elongate for a period of time and stretch it out and then you're asking it to quickly produce force and be able to contract and it, it doesn't want to do that. So as a side note, um, I have thrown out pretty much all static stretching from my warm-up and if you enjoy static stretching, they have shown that if you do static stretching and then you do more of a dynamic warm-up after that where you're um, again causing the muscle to contract, relax a little bit, um, kind of go through its active movement if you will, that you can mitigate or reduce some of the effects that would be considered negative from static stretching that reduce the force output. But static stretching, I would say, is one thing that I, in general, I recommend that people remove from their warm-up um, unless they really, really enjoy it. Um, and there is even a bias. Obviously, we all have our biases. We think that certain things help us. So if you think something is helping you, then it likely is. But I will say that there was one study that uh, was done with Louisiana State University, LSU, the sprint team. And they had a group, all of them thought that they had to stretch before they sprinted. So they had that bias thinking that, hey, I have to stretch, otherwise I'm going to run slower. And those biases are super strong. Uh, like I said, if the, it's the placebo effect, basically. So if someone thinks that something is going to help, chances are that it will. And even though this group thought that static stretching had to be done, when they removed static stretching from their program, even though they were really hesitant about it, they actually ran faster. So um, the effects of static stretching even outweighed what their biases were. So all I'm getting at there is um, static stretching may be one to look into further is if you want to remove that from your training, or from your warm-up, or if you want to continue it, just throw it in at a different time, um, maybe after training or on a separate day, something like that. But really the goal is uh, systemic blood flow to get the body moving a little bit, maybe add in a little bit of mobility work, so some foam rolling, taking your joints through a range of motion, then with banded mobilizations or active stretching, dynamic stretching, whatever you want to call it, that they will be required to go through when you're doing your event or activity or training, and then getting in some sort of dynamic warm-up where you're moving a little bit quicker, and then following that with a more sports-specific, if you will, warm-up and then transferring that over to um, beginning your workout. And this has been shown to improve um, your training performance. There's, I guess, one of the things I would say is, obviously, for the most part, if it didn't increase training performance, then the athletes that are making millions of dollars and your Olympic athletes, they get paid to do this and this is their living, they probably would stop doing it. So it does have some merit doing a warm-up and not just being in the group that says, oh, I, I don't warm up at all. Well, it's been shown that you can be stronger and you can increase your vertical jump. You can increase your sprint time if you do warm up. But then also not going overboard the other way and warming up for 40 minutes, which may actually have a disadvantageous effect on you. And you are now in a little bit of a fatigue state and you're not able to perform as well as what you would have had you actually warmed up less. So these are all kind of generalities and just giving you the concepts, but this is, this is a big topic um, as far as what type of warm-ups to do. This is a big heated topic right now. Um, people are searching for what is most optimal for them. And everybody will be very individualized. Some people can, can cut out, let's say, foam rolling. They don't like it at all. And they don't really need to use it if they, if they don't want to. There's no research that would show that they have to. 
Um, but you definitely need some sort of getting the blood flowing systemically and then following with something dynamic that then turns into sports specific. Even if it's only five minutes, you can have significant benefits from that and um, it'll help your performance um, as well as actually you can't say that it would reduce risk of injury because like static stretching has not been shown to reduce injury, but it will help performance, which in the end, that's what we're all looking for is an improvement in performance. So just some takeaways from kind of how to go about a warm up um, if you're looking to add to your programming or just perform better or get a little bit of a routine, which is also very nice before you work out um, from a mindset standpoint. If you go into the gym, uh, I'll touch on this topic quick. If you're going into the gym and you really don't feel like going in that day, sometimes even just getting that routine of a warm-up can kind of put you mentally in the right place to then go about your workout, whereas you wouldn't just be able to jump into the workout. So I've also done that before too, where I may take even a little bit of a longer warm-up because I'm mentally even preparing myself if I didn't feel like going in that day or I'm just not feeling it, um, I'm just thinking about other stuff, kind of mentally getting myself in the right place to start my workout for the day. So using it as a mental component as well as a physical. So there's some, there's some points for you on warm-ups and how to construct them for yourself. Thank you for tuning in to the Back on Track Fitness Podcast. We hope you found it helpful. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And check out running and weightlifting programs for athletes of all experience levels at backontracktherapy.com. Links are in the show notes. See you next time.